You're listening to the Saturday Morning with Jack Tame podcast from Newstalk ZB. You know, our travel correspondent, Mike Yardley, is always on the road. He's always on planes, always exploring new spots when he can. That means that he is always facing up to the cold realities of jet lag. And if you've travelled anywhere overseas, you will know there is nothing that spoils the first few days, potentially spoils the first few days of exploring somewhere exciting and new, like getting three hours sleep and then being exhausted all through the day. So we got Mike to give us his top tips for combating jet lag when you're riding. He's for this this morning. G'day, Mike. Good morning, Jack. Yes, this is the occupational hazard of a very pampered <laughs> job, I have to say. You know, yeah. It's the thing I'm facing. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's very much a first world problem, but it is something that a lot of people, you know, get absolutely blown away by when they go overseas and I mean long haul travel comes with a risk of travel fatigue um, I think uh, IATA believes flying um, through two time zones immediately opens you up to jet lag and of course when you're leaving New Zealand that's basically one time zone you're immediately changing so most of us are affected by it what is the best thing to do yeah. to adjust? Well, I think the best advice is you need to adjust to your new time zone lightning fast. Just suck it up. And even if your eyeballs feel like they're about to fall out of your head and roll down the street, just go with the local time zone Mm. as much as you can. I think for Kiwis, the biggest problem is Europe, since it is essentially upside down to our circadian rhythm. And, you know, most Kiwis will arrive into a European airport at 6, 7 a.m. in the morning and they want to go to sleep because it's 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at home um, at night. So I think the biggest thing is just try and get through that first day, adjusting to the local time zone as much as possible um, and try and eat lunch at the local lunchtime. And even if you can get your way through to 5 p.m., 6 p.m. local time and go to bed, that will be decidedly better than hitting the bed at 1pm in the afternoon because that will just stuff you up for a couple of days. Yeah, how how should you go about managing sleep time? Well, I am coming across more and more people who are actually trying to adjust their their operating time um, for a day or two before they actually get on the flight, particularly to go to Europe. So they will just start making slight adjustments to the New Zealand time zone to try and get onto the European time zone easier. I think the best thing you can do, Jack, um, is try and avoid what they call uh, environmental insomnia in flight. So I know you're a big fan of noise-cancelling headphones, yep. and they do. They make a huge difference, um, particularly when you're having to deal with screaming babies, engine <laughs> noise, which is very corrosive, um, and invasive announcements, you know, about when dinner's being served and that sort of crap. So if you can just zone yourself off from all of that environmental noise, that will help. I know a lot of people who will change into pyjama bottoms and a sweatshirt uh, ah. to help induce sleep yep. in flight. I can't say I can't so, but hey, if it works for you, go for it. I mean, I think we all agree flying long haul as a glamorous pursuit stopped being a fashion parade a long time ago. So yes. whatever it takes. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I would say definitely for me, I would say noise-cancelling headphones has made a huge difference. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I, 
I'm really funny. I find that on domestic flights, I almost immediately fall asleep. But then when I'm on longer haul flights, for some reason, I find it much more difficult to doze off. But I suppose if you are flying and you're flying any sort of great distance, hydration is critical. Yeah, this is the biggest rule of all. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And I tell you what, Jack, um, I made a big mistake a couple of days ago. I've just arrived in Asia, so I'm five hours behind you at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. I'm still adjusting uh, the local time zone, and I made a huge mistake. I forgot to take an empty water bottle onto my plane from uh, Auckland. Yeah. Uh, because, um, so I was reliant on those ridiculously small cups that the uh, hosties will occasionally bring around if they feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually really dehydrated uh, during the flight over uh, to Asia. The other really um, stickler rule I have enforced on myself, I do not drink a drop of alcohol on a plane. As yeah. tempting as it is, I find that it makes dehydration worse. If you are a snorer, it will make your snoring worse. Um, it essentially destroys your sleep architecture. Yeah. Um, it'll fracture sleep. It will leave you groggy. Um, what I do consume once I have arrived is caffeine. I do find that even though it won't cure jet lag, it will help you stay alert and focused during the daytime as you adjust to that new um, time zone. And you won't just feel so inclined to instantly curl up in a ball. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, um, I try and avoid alcohol on planes as well. I never think that, you know, it's just not that relaxing being on a plane in the first place and alcohol doesn't make much of a difference and I know that it gives people sort of the illusion of glamour or holidays or something but I'm like oh whatever benefits you get out of it I think are outweighed by the dehydration factor do you take uh, magnesium or melatonin to help induce sleep this is very much a horses for courses Jack I had taken magnesium quite often and I find that helps me relax. It probably just takes the edge off a little bit and it just lulls me slightly into snooze right. mode. So, yeah, magnesium seems to agree with me. I know a lot of people um, swear by melatonin and you really only just want to have a very small dose. I think yeah. the, the medico is 5, 5 mg of melatonin at a time, otherwise you'll get unwanted side effects. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, feel free to shop around and try what works for you. But um, yeah, definitely magnesium. I've noticed just does um, give, give me that sort of snooze feel somewhat. Do you take sleeping pills on a flight? Good question. I have only taken them once, and I haven't on this current trip. But when I went to the states uh, late November, I actually went with my sister, and she got some quite mild sleeping pills. Uh, uh, prescribed from her doctor. Uh, doctor. It's the first time I've ever tra- taken one, and man alive, I actually had a fabulous sleep across the Pacific. Um, yeah. There are pros and cons to it, so you really do need to have a long, hard talk to your doctor about it, but I did not notice any side effects, and I think I slept seven hours straight Sheesh. across the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah, and the interesting Jack, is that um, I ought to also say that when you are flying east, in other words, against the movement of the sun, yeah. that is more likely to give you uh, more severe jet lag than when you fly west yeah. with the sun. So, yeah, yeah maybe flying to the States, you may want to think about a sleeping pill. I, d- I definitely find that because w- when I was living in New York, I was living on the east coast of the US, I used to find that flying from New Zealand to New York was way more, way more disruptive than flying from New York to New Zealand. But I have um, one bit of advice that I'm going to add to all of yours, 
And that is that yeah. when you arrive in your destination, you want to get the the sun or the elements on your face as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, so you, you yeah. want to try and give your body the best chance to try and reset its circadian rhythms. But as well as that, I always try and get a bit of like moderate exercise. So go for a good walk outside yeah. for half an hour. If you've got the energy, you even go for a run, which is sometimes the last thing you feel like doing. But it just gives your your body a bit of an opportunity to say, right, okay, this is I'm exercising at this time of day. That suggests to me that we're in a different time zone. The circadian rhythm is going to have to change. And um, I personally have found that to be quite helpful. Yeah, oh, that's great advice, Jack. The other yeah. thing I would add, and uh, this is very much a tried and true experience. I'm sure a lot of Kiwis can relate to this as well. When you are flying back home, do not rush back to work, particularly after a long haul flight. If you can, try and give yourself a full day breather before you're due back at work. Otherwise, there is a much greater risk. Jet lag will bite you on the ass. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough too. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. For more from Saturday Morning with Jack Tame, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Saturday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. <sighs> And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.